Every morning there's a fresh batch of God's grace for your life. God's gracious love. Well, thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. I would like to share just a little humor One man said, he says, I've sure gotten old. I've had two bypass surgeries, a hip replacement, got new knees, fought prostate cancer and diabetes. I'm half blind, can't hear anything quieter than a jet engine. I take 40 different medications that make me dizzy, winded, and subject to blackouts. Have bouts with dementia, have poor circulation, hardly feel my hands and feet anymore. Can't remember if I'm 85 or 92. Have lost all my friends, but thank God I still have my Florida driver's license. (laughs) 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 Praise God. We want to look at some scriptures. We'll start over in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we'll look at a few verses here. John, chapter 1. We'll look at verse 1, verse 14, and verse 16. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh... And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In verse 16, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. And I just want to talk a little bit about God's gracious love, God's gracious love. If you notice, verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt actually is translated as tabernacled. One translation says that he actually pitched his tent. So when Jesus came to earth, he tabernacled among us, or he pitched his tent to dwell among us, to live among us. And that actually is fulfillment, or it's a fruition of what we see, the picture we see in the Old Testament. When God tabernacled among his people, there was a tent. He actually lived in a tent. His presence and his glory was in a tent, and they carried this tent among Israel as they traveled throughout the wilderness. And so Jesus, under the new covenant, he pitched his tent. So it was the very presence, and it was the glory, and there was the power of God, the presence of God, God himself coming in flesh, this time not in a cloth tent, but in a flesh tent. And now he lives as a man among us. No one had ever seen God before, but now we're able to see him face to face. Oh, beholding all of his glory, and he's full 
of grace and truth. Can you imagine this? All the generations, all the centuries that had gone by, they had never seen God. They had never seen him. They had heard his booming voice. They had seen the lightning and the thunder. They had seen the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They had seen his presence on the tent. Some people have even gotten close and had seen his robe fill the temple. Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, he saw the robe filling the temple. Even the 70 elders of Israel, they got a glimpse, but it was only showing under God's feet. They saw paved as it were, sapphire in clearness as in the body of heaven. So they saw something. And so people were trying to get little glimpses, but nobody got a good look at God. You know, you know, Moses said, I want to see you. And God hid him in the rock and his glory, his goodness passed by. But Moses saw his back parts. He saw the residue of where God had been. So nobody could really get a good look at God. Everybody wanted to see him. Everybody wanted to see him. Ezekiel said he saw him, but Ezekiel said he was a fire from his loins down and from his loins up. So all Ezekiel saw was a pillar of fire. He just saw fire burning. But so nobody had ever seen his face. Nobody had ever seen his face. But then we get into the new covenant and then God shows his face. Christ Jesus comes into the earth. Now you can see him face to face. You see him face to face. And so you're beholding all of his glory. And he's full of grace and he's full of truth. And of his fullness, we have all received. This was not a chore to God. This was not drudgery. He was delighted to come and dwell among us. He loved us so much. He was delighted. He was delighted. Listen to this little description of God's love in Ephesians 2, verse 4 in the Amplified Bible. says, So rich is he in his mercy. Because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. So this love drove him to earth. This love drove him to manifest himself. Love drove him here. He wanted to come. He had to satisfy the great urging, the great compelling of his love. It was driving him. It was sort of like the same love David had when David was walking around his palace. And David said, is there anybody left in the household of Saul that I can show kindness to? It was a covenant kindness that was scratching at David's heart. It was urging him. It was compelling. He wanted to be good to somebody. He says, is there anybody in Saul's line left that I can show kindness to? That love was seeking. It was searching someone that would allow him to gratify his heart. And so that's the way God is. God is so full. Let me just show you. Let's look at how full he is. Notice this. He was full of grace and truth. Then verse 16 says, Of his fullness have all we received. Now fullness means superabundance. Superabundance. The word actually describes a ship that's full of cargo, and that has a full crew. So it's not room enough for not one other person. No one else can get on this ship and there's not an additional box that can be stored. That's the picture of fullness. So of his fullness, we have received. It's also a picture of a city in which there are no empty houses. 
All the houses are taken. All the houses are full. All the houses are occupied. And so that's a picture of this fullness. Of his fullness, we have received full measure. God is so full of grace, so full of truth. And of that fullness, we have received. And then it goes on there and says at the end of verse 16, of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace, grace for grace. One translation says grace in place of grace given. So after grace has been given to you, you use that grace up and then there is now additional grace given to you in place of the grace that was given to you previously. It's the picture of waves rolling into a sea at the ocean. You know, when one wave comes in, it breaks and it dissipates. But right behind it, another wave comes in. It breaks and dissipates. And just as that wave is diminished, another wave comes in, breaks and dissipates. And that's a picture of God's grace. That's how it rolls into our lives. His grace rolls into your life early in the morning. And as you use it for that day and it diminishes the next morning, there is a new wave of grace coming into your life. It's grace in place of grace given. God has given you grace, but as that grace is depleted, he replenishes the grace. That's why you have grace for each day. That's why you have grace for each occasion. That's why you have grace for each assignment. That's why you have grace at work. That's why you have grace with your family. That's why you can have grace in ministry. Each grace, there's grace given in place of grace. And so it's one grace after another. It's never ending. It's never used up. God replenishes the grace. And then keep in mind, he is full of grace and truth and of his fullness. So we're constantly receiving that grace. Jesus is our constant supply of that grace he's full of it he's full of grace and truth that's what he's full of and so we're constantly drawing think about it I want you to see how you're constantly drawing from that grace he's constantly leading you he's constantly guiding you now just because he led you last week does that not mean you need him to lead you this week no he led you last week but you need him to lead you this week so he's constantly leading us that's grace he's constantly guiding us that's another he's constantly giving us wisdom he's constantly blessing us he's constantly healing us his life in us is constantly giving us grace that's why it says he's full of grace and of his fullness we have received and grace for grace grace after that supply a new supply rolls in grace for each occasion big grace little grace sometimes you need big grace other times you need a little grace just little grace i mean sometimes i can't even find a pair of socks that match i need little grace i get so excited when god put a pair of socks together for me that's little grace but i need that little grace at that moment so you need this big grace and you need this little grace. That means the big grace is when you've been diagnosed with cancer and you need this healing grace to enter your life. But a little grace is when I just need his help washing the dishes, taking out the trash. 
<laughs> Big Grace and Little Grace. Big Grace. I mean, when my wife tells me to take out the trash and I don't feel like it, I need a little grace. Just a little grace right there. Need a little grace. Little grace. And so that's grace for grace. So we're constantly drawing from his fullness. Grace for grace. Big grace, little grace. Never runs out. Grace for different situations. Grace for different opportunities. Grace for different assignments. Grace for different times. You need a different grace in your teens than you do when you're in your 80s. It's a different grace that's needed. And so he's full of grace and of his fullness we have received. Grace for grace. Jesus is constantly allowing us to draw from that grace for each season, for each situation, for each time, for each period, for each place, for anything going on in your life. We need that grace, grace for different things. I love that. I love that. So Jesus came and he is continually, he came full of grace, full of truth and of his fullness. We have received and we're constantly receiving. He is our daily supply of grace and we are receiving from him every day. That's why the Bible says every morning, his mercies are new every morning. That's grace. It's new every morning. Every morning there's a fresh batch of God's grace for your life. A fresh batch for God's grace for your life. Grace is undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. It means it's not because of something you've done. It's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor, undeserved blessing. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's God's grace. It's God's grace. It's God's grace. It's God's grace. This grace not only pardons us when we sin, but it enables us not to sin. It enables us to live a life that glorifies Christ Jesus. That's the grace. He gives us the grace. He gives us the grace. That grace challenges us to be like Christ. The grace is a manifest measure of the Holy Spirit. It's a flow of his anointing. That's grace. Grace is joy. Grace is joy. I love something that Romans 5.17 says, We have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Because of Christ Jesus, we've received the abundance of grace and the gift of of righteousness. Praise God. Let's look at another scripture. These are God's gifts of love. God's gifts of love. We're talking about God's gracious love. These are God's gifts of love. See, grace flows out of God's love. The reason God is gracious to you is because he loves you so much. Grace flows out of love. God loves you. Man, we have no idea how much God loves us. We have no idea how much God loves us. God loves us so much. That's why he's gracious to us. That's why he's favorable to us. That's why he's kind to us. That's why he's good to us. That's all flowing out of his love. His grace flows out of his love. He has such a deep desire. He loves you so much, and that's the reason Jesus came. Jesus came because of God's love for you. That's exactly why he came. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus for you so that he can release his gracious favor, his gracious kindness and mercy in his life. See, God's so full He is so full. Now, here's the thing, just to show you a picture of what was going on. God's so full, so full of love, so full of grace and truth and all these things. He's so full, 
and yet he had nobody to bestow it on because of sin. God's full of all of this, but sin blocked it. He couldn't release it. He couldn't give it to anybody because sin prevented it. So he had an idea. He said, I'll send Jesus to get rid of the sin so that I can now release the grace and the favor and the blessing. He released everything. So God loves you so much, he sent Jesus to get rid of the sin so now he can be gracious to you. Oh, man, I just saw myself running across the seats again. (laughs) This is the fourth time in a row, fourth time in a row. (laughs) And so Jesus came to get rid of the sin so that God could be gracious to us. You know, the Bible says, maybe 2 Corinthians 5, somewhere, I think 2 Corinthians 5, maybe 19 or 21 or somewhere in there. It says that God was personally present in Christ. So when Jesus came, that was God in Christ. The Bible says that God was personally present in Christ Jesus. So when Jesus came to the earth, God was personally present in Christ, restoring the world to favor with himself. God said, look, I can't hold all this love. I can't hold all this grace and goodness any longer. I got to go down there myself and restore these folks. I can lavish it on them. And so he came down. He came down, got rid of the sin, and now poured out his gracious favor. Oh, man. And so that's why God was personally present in Christ, restoring the world to favor with himself. So that's why Jesus came. Jesus came so God could just lavish his gracious favor and love all over us. Jesus came to get rid of the sin. He came to restore man back to God. And then it goes on to say that God wasn't in Christ adding up our sins. No, canceling them, canceling them. He got rid of sin so that he can be merciful and gracious and kind to us. And so that's a picture of what God was doing through Christ when he sent him. He sent him to get rid of the sin so that he could be merciful and gracious and good and have someone to bestow it on. Praise God. That is so good. I love that. I love that. God is so good that love drove him here. Love drove him here so that he could be gracious, so that he could be gracious. Now I was trying to take you over to the book of Ephesians so many different places I could take you, but we'll go over to the book of Ephesians, book of Ephesians chapter one, book of Ephesians chapter one, and talks a little bit about his grace here. It says, I'm going to just pick up in verse six. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. That means, one translation says, so freely bestowed grace and favor on us. He has generously lavished his gracious favor on us he has bestowed his gracious he's generously lavished his gracious favor on us lavish means to pour on to give in large amounts to be generous in excess he's poured on he's lavished his gracious favor on us generously poured it on us and so that's why Jesus came Jesus came so that he could get rid of the sin so that God could freely be favorable toward his people the war between heaven and earth is over the war between heaven and earth is over and that's why when Jesus came when he was born the angels burst across the scene and they said glory to God in the highest that's good news guys good news guess what Good news. There's goodwill toward man. There's peace on earth and goodwill toward man. There's glad 
tidings of joy. A Savior has been born. And so they were already counting Calvary. They were already counting Calvary as done. Their blood was already shed. The sacrifice was in the earth. The war between heaven and earth is now over. The price of sin has been paid. It's now goodwill toward man. So Jesus was God's goodness coming to be released toward Man, God, he wanted to lavish. He poured his favor generously and lavishly on us. Generous amounts, man, it just poured. He's full of it. He's full of grace. He's full of favor. He's full of love. He's full of it. And so he needed someone to pour some of that on. But he couldn't do it because of sin. And so he said, I'll send Jesus to get rid of the sin. And now I can lavish it on. Praise God. Isn't that good? Man, he lavished it on us. He lavished it on us. He lavished it on us. That's out of his great love. God loved us while we were yet sinners. He had to gratify that love. That love was driving him so strongly. Even while we were yet sinners, he loved us and died for us. Oh, wow. Man, that's God's gracious love. God's gracious love. Let me look at a couple of others here. And I'm not going to hold you long. I know you got presents to wrap and so forth. <laughs> You got dinner to cook and presents to wrap and all of that, so I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> oh, man. Let me look at verse 3, Ephesians 1, 3. God's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It means that he's given us the best that heaven has. If he gave us Jesus, he's not holding anything else back. He has given us heaven's best when he gave us Jesus. He gave us heaven's best. He gave us heaven's best. And so if he gave us Jesus, he gave us everything that he has. He gave us everything. He's made everything available to us in heaven and earth in Christ Jesus. He gave us heaven's best. Love came down. He gave us heaven's best. Love gave us heaven's best. Praise God. And then I want you to see this in Ephesians 1, 4. Ephesians 1, 4. I want you to see this. We were chosen in him before the foundation of the world to be presented holy and blameless before him in love. Now I want you to get this. God didn't make you for the world. God didn't make you for the world God made the world for you. He planned you before creation. Now, I'm not making this up. That's in Ephesians 1, 4. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world. So the world hadn't even been created. He was already planning and mapping out your life. God created the world for you, not you for the world. You were already chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Before he created the world, you were already on his mind. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Then verse 5 talks about how he took great joy and delight in making us his kids because he wanted someone to lavish his love and favor upon. So he was so happy to make us his kids. God was so happy to make us his kids because he's full of love. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. And he was so happy to make us his kids to have someone to lavish his love and favor Upon praise God, I'm gonna stop right. I'm gonna cut myself short. I'm not dumb. I'm just making myself stop. But uh, <laughs> oh, but I want you to just enjoy God's wonderful gifts to us as you 
wrap gifts or exchange gifts or whatever. Just enjoy God's wonderful gifts of love, his wonderful gifts of grace, his wonderful gifts of goodness. I learned this. There are gifts by the Father. There are gifts by Jesus. And there are gifts by the Holy Spirit. There are gifts given by the Father. There are gifts given by Jesus. There are gifts by the Holy Spirit. We know the ones given by the Holy Spirit. Those are the nine gifts of the Spirit. Jesus gave gifts unto man, and then God has given us gifts. I wish I had time to talk, but I don't. (laughs) God has given us a set of gifts. Jesus has given us a set of gifts. The Holy Spirit has given us a set of gifts. We have all of these wonderful gifts. Here's some of the gifts that the Father gave The Bible talks about the Father gave us the gift of cheerfulness. He gave us a gift of generosity, the gift of leadership. He gave us the gift of serving, the gift of giving. And so there's a, I found a place in the Bible where it talks about all the gifts that the Father gave. Then I found a place where it talks about the gift that Jesus gave. Then I found where the Holy Spirit gave gifts. He gave the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, working of miracles, gifts of healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, discerning of spirit, and the gift of special faith. You have three vocal gifts. You have three power gifts. You have three revelation gifts. Those are the nine gifts of the spirit, but those are all from the Holy Spirit. So you got some from the Holy Spirit, some from Jesus, and some from the Father. Just a giving family. It's just a giving family. And so he's saying, have all that we have. He's given us everything that he has. So we enjoy God's wonderful gifts of love, his wonderful gifts of grace, his wonderful gifts of goodness. Enjoy all of his wonderful gifts and the ultimate gift, his indescribable gift, the Bible calls it, it's the gift of Christ. God's indescribable gift. He's wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, wonderful. He's God's indescribable gift. Enjoy the gift of Christ. Those of you who are watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this message in its entirety. God's gracious love. Absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because brother, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the sermon titled, God's Gracious Love, by C. Elijah Bronner. This sermon is number 7892. That's 7892. To listen to thousands of free sermons or to send this sermon number 7892 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.